Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Primary Care Podcast. It is your boy, Dr. Mark List. Uh, before we get into today's episode, I want to hit up the Pod at gmail.com inbox. That is the Pod at gmail.com inbox. Um, and today, it's a joke from an anonymous listener. Dr. List, what's the most reliable part of the human body? Your fingers, because you can always count on them. Let's start the podcast. The Primary Care Podcast is written and by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast produced on my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Well, welcome back to the podcast, pod girls, pod boys, pod people. It's your boy, Dr. Mark List. And today's episode, uh, we are going to get into, it's been a hot minute since we did one, um, and it is how, uh, it's a new update actually from the USPFTF, uh, United States Preventive Services Task Force, USPSTF, I don't know, I always mispronounce that. Um, and it's on aspirin for primary cardiovascular prevention. And we've gone back and forth on this. In fact, we've had this as a previous uh, talk on this podcast um, about aspirin for primary prevention. And the newest recommendation is swinging the pendulum even farther away for using aspirin prophylaxis for primary prevention, okay? The guideline specifically advises against aspirin in people ages 60 years or older which is a D recommendation for the USPSTF recommendation, which is do not use. And then for those aged 40 to 59, you have to have a 10% plus risk of a 10-year, so the 10-year cardiovascular risk, the ASCVD calculator that we all use from the American Heart Association and the American College of Cardiology, need a 10% or greater risk. And then it's not whether they should be on it or not. It's the recommendation is that clinicians and patients make individualized decisions about initiating aspirin prophylaxis. So in in previous iterations, it really talked about the fact that it was kind of um, up for debate about whether or not it should be started. And now it's, it's even limited to ages 40 to 59 and only those at significant risk of a cardiovascular event in the next 10 years. Now, why this this is changed, right, since previous guidelines, since 2016 guidelines, because there are new trials, okay? And the recommendation is really based on a lot more data than we used to have even, you know, two decades ago, right? In these trials, there was 11 randomized control trials and low-dose aspirin, so anything less than 100 milligrams for primary prevention. And there was a 10% relative reduction in major cardiac, uh, major adverse cardiac events, so a 10% relative reduction in MACE, but no reduction in mortality throughout 11 other randomized control trials. And meanwhile, there's a 44% relative increase in major bleeding events with only 10 years or, or fewer years of aspirin use, okay? Now, when we talk about the absolute risk differences in the cardiovascular outcomes, it's somewhere between two and one event per 100 aspirin users. So again, a number needed to treat of about 100 um, or at best maybe 
20, uh, maybe 40 at best, right? So number needed to treat 40 to 100. Meanwhile, significantly high rates of major bleeding. Now, in this, the USPSTF significant, uh, also reviewed the colon cancer outcomes, which we had talked about in a previous podcast, aspirin for colon cancer. And really, there was inadequate evidence with these most recent trials to say whether or not there's a benefit or harm. So again, an insufficient grade for recommending or recommending against aspirin for colon cancer recommendations. So why did things really change? Well, in 2018, there were three very large placebo-controlled randomized control trials about primary prevention with aspirin. And here's the data that you can talk to about your patients. So let's say that right now, um, obviously, we're going to have a lot. Those of you like me uh, don't, you know, like to use as little medicine as possible, kind of back away. Um, the risk of bleeding is significant compared to the benefit um, it, for most people. Now, for people with a really, really high 10-year risk score, let's say it's 17%, 20%, and then you put them on a statin, but maybe they have a really strong family history too, right? That's where the individual discussion point comes into play here, that maybe they aren't worried about GI bleeding. Maybe they are much, much, much more worried about a major adverse cardiac event, and so maybe that 10% relative risk reduction, that one event in 100, is good enough for them, right? And maybe they aren't the average person. Maybe they are very, very high risk. Maybe they have multiple family members with early cardiovascular disease, early heart attacks, um, early cardiovascular deaths. And so maybe for them, it's worth that risk. But here are some data points about the downsides or the lack of benefit for aspirin. And so for the majority of people, again, I'm probably going to be holding off on aspirin, um, starting aspirin, which I've done for a long time. But specifically for people that are even on aspirin now who have not had a major cardiac event, right, have no known cardiovascular disease and who are still on aspirin. There were two trials in, in 2018. There's an ARRIVE trial, A-A-R-R-I-V-E, and specifically included people 55 years or older with multiple risk factors and the 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 pooled 10-year cardiovascular risk for the entire trial was 17%, right? So these are not low-risk people. These are high-risk people. And it found no evidence of cardiovascular benefit and a significant, a small but statistically significant increased risk in GI bleeding. The ASPRE, A-S-P-R-E-E trial included people 65 years or older with or without cardiovascular risks and found no significant cardiovascular benefit. But a significant, almost one whole percentage point, increase in mortality. That's crazy. Um, also, uh, increased risk of major, major major bleed event as well. The ASCEND trial, A-S-C-E-N-D, uh, exclusively included people with diabetes, 40 years or older. And there was a 1 percentage point decrease in cardiovascular events, which was statistically significant, but a 1% increase in major bleeding. So again, it's important to note that these are the three newest trials. And those first two trials had older patients and significantly not only increased their mortality in one trial, but did not find any cardiovascular benefit. In that very, very, very high-risk trial with the Ascend, where it had people with diabetes, it only showed a one percentage point decrease in cardiovascular events, right? So, you know, a number needed to treat of 100. 
And so again, that gets into the purpose of, well, if you are super duper high risk for major cardiac events and you are nervous about it and you want to lower your risk as much as possible, aspirin probably is going to help for those super high risk people, the diabetics of the world, right? But if you're an average person, and especially your average older person, aspirin is probably only going to cause more harm than benefit when it comes to primary prevention of cardiovascular disease. So um, I, I wanted this to be a really... Um, short topic. Um, this is going to change my practice, not so much because I'm not currently starting a lot of aspirin for primary prevention. I'm having some conversations with people and, and rarely am I initiating only in the super duper high risk people that they're nervous about their family history. That's kind of where I've landed. But this will really, really push me to pushing a lot of my older adults off of, off of aspirin who maybe were still on it from previous doctors or from previous initiations uh, back when we used to recommend it for all males over 45 with high risk uh, cardiovascular disease or all women over 40 uh, over women over 55 back in the day um, even before 2016 that was some of the the, the recommendations and so again um, I think that this will change some practice I think it's again, shifting us away from aspirin routinely. I'm a little bit disappointed with the lackluster data for colon cancer prevention because um, there were there have been many trials that have shown some benefit. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit interested to see that the data has shifted us away from aspirin from colon cancer prevention, which is surprising to me. I thought we'd be headed more in that direction. Um, and I think that this will cause me to... Um, have conversations, continue to have conversations with that 40 to 59 high risk group, but clearly get a lot of my 60 plus patients off aspirin and not even bring that discussion up. So um, hopefully this was a really short, but really um, hopefully uh, effective talk. I know I've been out of the game for a little bit um, and I wanted to get a quick hitter here at the end of clinic um, as I'm just wrapping up clinic for the day and I had some extra time. So hopefully this was a, an, an interesting podcast topic for you. Um, hopefully you tune in next time we have a discussion and, uh, thanks for tuning in the primary care podcast this has been Dr. Mark list reminder. You don't need to stay up all night to stay up to date. Thanks and have a great week.